Hi again, everybody. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Sean Kelly, and greetings on this Monday from Studio B at the Osher Sports Performance Center, the headquarters of the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans. What a weekend we had over this uh, past couple of days. Obviously, no Saints or Pelicans specifically, but if you're a sports fan, how could you not feast on Tiger Woods and the Masters and, of course, the start of the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs as well? Hard to be a home team, isn't it, in these early rounds of both of those uh, postseason series? Nonetheless, we're getting ready for a very busy week here, and we wanted to start it off right with a fantastic guest today. It's Brian Baldinger of the NFL Network, and of course, uh, famous for his baldy breakdowns on social media, specifically on Twitter. We'll be talking about the NFL draft and how it pertains to the Saints and some of the headlines, too, surrounding this year's gathering, which is coming up in Nashville in a very short time. It means the start of a very busy week here as well for not only the football team, but the basketball team as well. As I'm sure you've heard, a major announcement is coming with regard to the general manager uh, position for the New Orleans Pelicans. We anticipate possibly a press conference later on this week, and of course you'll have full coverage at pelicans.com and on the Black and Blue Report podcast, maybe even the Wednesday edition, as Daniel Salerson will be hosting. Back to our guest today. Brian Baldinger has been a guest of ours before. We brought him back. He's one of our favorites, and certainly he is in tune with all things NFL Draft coming up. Brian, of course, covers college football for Fox Sports and translates that and his love of the game and his ability to break down different position groups and specific players into his work at the NFL Network. He probably spends more time in front of a video machine these days than anything else. And so here's he is here today to talk about the Saints draft, the uniqueness of it in where they are selecting, and perhaps even the number of picks. Uh, and, the, and he puts that against, of course, what the needs and wants are perhaps of a 13-win football team here in New Orleans. It'll be interesting what you uh, hear from Brian with regards to his thoughts about the first round and the lack of a pick right now in that opening round for the New Orleans Saints. And he also has some interesting takes on certain position groups such as wide receiver. I think you'll find this very informative, and I hope it helps you get you ready for your NFL draft prep, which we're certainly cranking up here uh, at the New Orleans Saints and uh, inside Studio B. So without further ado, let's get inside of our interview with Brian Baldinger, our guest for you on this Monday here at the Black and Blue Report. We welcome in Brian Baldinger, obviously of the NFL Network. Most of you may know him, of course, from Baldy Breakdowns on Twitter and social media. We've certainly had him before, and we're very pleased to bring him back. He's my go-to guy when it comes to all things draft, player development, and roster building. And he's here to help us take a look at what's upcoming here for the New Orleans Saints. Baldy, great to have you back again. I hope that you're gearing up for one of your favorite weekends of the year. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're less than two weeks away, Sean. So we've been doing a ton of work here at the NFL, you know, uh, network and uh, kind of break it down, a lot of these players, and try to separate them and sort them all out so that we can have a better understanding of, you know, what, what a, a good fit, you know, a player could be for a particular team right now. But it's, you know, it's, it's a deep process, and uh, I try not to get too caught up in a lot of the a lot of the innuendo that's out there about what teams might or might not do. I don't want to try to guess. But I, I try to study the players real hard. And, and maybe that's the key, Brian, as, as we look at this, because it's hard to get your arms around the whole thing. And I don't want to necessarily believe that any one person 
or entity has a grasp on all the players that can be selected over seven rounds. But, Brian, over the years, have you found yourself a formula that seems to work as far as knowing who's where and, and where they're coming from and what value they may have in making that transition from the college to the pro game? Well, I mean, you know, we all make mistakes in this whole process, John, about players. And, you know, the best thing you could do is go back and study your mistakes. Uh, that's what teams should do. That's what scouts and general managers should do is so that they don't make those mistakes again. And we've all made them. And it could be, it could be you know, lack of production in college. or That's why the vetting process is so important. Um, you know, the injuries play a factor. Uh, players go from school to school. They, you know, Kyler Murray becomes a one-year player after moving from Texas A&M. And so, you know, you have to really go back and look at each individual. And you can't really group any of these guys together. And go well, you know, these wide, you know, the Baltimore Ravens can't draft wide receivers, or these quarterbacks out of an air raid system. You just have to be really, really careful. Look at each individual separately, separately, because Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes just showed you that quarterbacks from the air raid system can be really, really good quarterbacks and dynamic players at the NFL level. Do you have to draft ahead? Uh, in, in, I guess, somewhat guessing or prognosticating where the NFL game is going to be two, three years down the road in light of what you just said? Well, you do, you do have to do that, Sean. But, you know, the, the NFL can only take what the college game gives you. So if you're looking at quarterbacks, the college game isn't giving you a lot of Andrew Luck that come out of a pro-ready system, quarterback under center, power running game, play act. I mean, they're just not giving you a lot of those guys. Uh, but the college game is just different all the way around. I mean, the Big 12 is an air raid system offense, almost top to bottom with all 10 teams. And so defenses have been built around that. So you don't get a lot of 280-pound defensive ends. And you don't get, you know, a lot of 240-pound middle linebackers. You just don't get those in, in, in just in the Big 12. So everything from the college game, outside of, you know, some teams at the SEC, LSU, Alabama, Georgia, outside of a few teams, you are getting a completely different game that which gets played at the NFL level. And so everything is a projection at almost every single position. Uh, and you have to be really careful about how you project those players into an NFL system. It's fascinating. Uh, and, and, and with that being framed up, if we're going to use that framework there, Baldy, I want to talk a little bit about what the Saints have. And, and certainly this draft is, is unlike the others in recent memory, maybe just simply because of a lack of selections that the Saints have available to them, but also maybe because they're coming off of a 13-win season. When you look at the Saints draft, the fact that they don't pick until 62, have just the one fifth rounder, two sixth, two seventh at the moment, what kind of a draft – our New Orleans Saints fans uh, looking ahead to here with regard to the football team? Well, I think the first thing you have to start with, Sean, is, you know, Marcus Davenport is a part of this draft. And so, I mean, you can study, and I'm going to do this in up to the minute here at NFL Network in a second, but you can look to almost every stud defensive lineman in this league, and you can almost take your rookie season and say it's a redshirt season. And that goes for J.J. Watt, and that goes for Brandy Graham and to Von Miller to a degree. Um, you have to look at these guys and go, it is a full year before you find out what kind of player they're going to be. So, 
I think this draft starts with Marcus Davenport. If he becomes a 12-sack player and a guy that plays 75% of the snaps for the Saints, and that defensive line, when Zelda Rankin gets back, he becomes a dominant force, you go, okay, that, that selection last year and what they did to get him was worthwhile. Now, you could go to free agency and you go, okay, Latavius Murray fills in for Mark Ingram. I, I don't know that that's, you know, apples to apples there. I, I happen to think a lot more about Mark Ingram than I do of Latavius Murray, but we know that that's, you know, Alvin Kamara's position. Um, so I think that's kind of where you got to start with this thing. And then I think if you can find, um, you know, a player at 62, whether it's a tight end that looks like a position of need or a slot defender, which looks like it's a position of need. I mean, those would be good places to kind of start the draft. There has been talk down here, Baldy, about the offensive line. Uh, you know, Max Unger retires. They do bring in Nick Easton, but, you know, Bushrod remains unsigned at this point. There, there, there is a little bit of a depth issue maybe with this line. Um, with regard to what's available in the draft, can you foresee the Saints looking at offensive linemen, and, and are there any good fits in your eyes? Well, I think they can. I mean, um, you know, like I would say that Elston uh, Turner at Mississippi State is a good player. I don't know that he'd be there at 62. He played center this year, but he's played guard and tackle. I mean, I think there's some guys out there. Um, I have been around a lot of teams, uh, Andy Reid in Philadelphia and Kansas City, that have never spent a high draft pick on a center. Uh, Mitch Morris was a low-round pick. Um, Jason Kelsey was a fifth-round pick out of Cincinnati. I mean, I think you can find guys, uh, and I think it's a position of need for, for, for New Orleans to really firm up. I thought, you know, the trade for Max Unger and, you know, uh, at that time was really a trade that benefited the Norland Saints. They became a much better group up front. And so I think that's still a position of need, and I think you can find value in this draft at that position. I mean, people talk about, you know, Garrett Bradbury, and I think he is an elite player. I think he's a sure-fire number one draft pick. Um, and we have seen eight centers drafted in the first round of this decade, so I think you're going to see the ninth. But I think you can find value later in the rounds at that position. Valdi, I've heard some conflicting things with regard to wide receiver. Some say this is a loaded draft. I thought I saw you on Twitter the other day saying that there are maybe some conflicting opinions about the depth of that position in this year's group. Well, I don't think that there's a great number of number one draft picks, including D.K. Metcalf. I mean, you know, Mississippi struggled offensively. They're going to have three players at that position, A.J. Brown, LaMarcus Hodge. I mean, you're going to have three players drafted at wide receiver, yet you know, they couldn't score a point against Mississippi State. I mean, you know, they were, for long periods of time, I mean, they were uh, an offense that really wasn't very productive. And then you go and you watch the drops. Um, you watch the lack of explosion in their offense for a good period of time. And you go, okay, I mean, are they, they tested well, but are they really number one draft picks? So, you know, can they do a lot of different things? Are they, and so I think I'm just picking on those guys in Mississippi, but I mean, it could be Devo Samuel at uh, at South Carolina. You go through the list of guys, uh, Keen Butler, and guys that are talked about maybe as first round picks, but uh, and maybe the best player at that position in the draft in Hollywood Brown is coming off, you know, uh, a bad foot injury. So it doesn't look like there's a lot of guys that are going to step in and 
become franchise wide receivers, you know, in this first year right now to me. Wow, that's very interesting. Brian Baldinger here with us from the NFL Network, also covering college football for Fox Sports. Uh, Brian, if we can back out a little bit, I know the Saints at the moment are not involved in, in round one, um, but if we're looking at what you might see on opening night of the NFL draft, would you mind crystal balling a little bit if you don't, uh, if you don't uh, care to? I understand, but what will the highlights, what, what headlines are going to come out of that first round, if you, if you think? Well, I mean, we can start with Arizona at number one. Are they going to trade the pick? Are they going to draft Kyler Murray? Are they going to trade Josh Rosen? I mean, the draft starts at number one. And then it really picks up steam at number four with the Raiders with three first-round picks. And what do they do? Are they Do they trade up to number one to take Kyler Murray? Do they trade back and accrue more picks? Mike Mayock said that in his press conference yesterday he'd like to get more picks. I mean, those are two spots right there. And then this is a defensive heavy draft. And uh, you may see as many as eight defensive players taken in the first ten picks. Uh, and we know all their names at this point right now. But, uh, you know, do you know does Devin White go number five to Tampa to kind of really start um, the run on defensive players? So, I mean, I just think Nick Bowser, Quinn Williams, uh, Montez Sweat, I mean, all the guys that I talked about, Josh Allen, uh, yep. is this just going to be all about defense in this draft? Yeah, it could very well be. Uh, Baldy, how are they going to follow you uh, leading up to the draft? Give us a lowdown on where you're going to be and where fans can uh, find you leading up. I'm out here at Network every Thursday and Friday doing pass to the draft and up to the minute. And I'll be out here kind of manning the, the network in Los Angeles and throwing it to everybody uh, in Nashville, but we'll be doing uh, three-hour shows here. Uh, Thursday and Friday the draft and talking about and then a big you know follow-up the week after the draft kind of looking at what teams did and didn't do and who got better and who were stuck in the mud right now. <laughs> is there any team in particular uh, Brian that you'll you'll see as being more aggressive than say others leading up to that weekend? Well I think the Giants you know are picking at number six or number 17 and trading you know a star player I mean these stars like Odell Beckham Jr. are not in every draft, and they traded a star player. So what do they get, you know, in return for that star player? Uh, I'm interested to see what the Giants do. Do they find a replacement for Eli Manning? And if they do, who is it, and where do they pick them? Um, you know, that would be a good starting spot right there with the Giants do. Yeah, you're right about that. Baldy, it was our pleasure again. I, I wish you all the best, and uh, exciting travels coming up for you this summer. And uh, I know that you're uh, dialed in right now, but uh, thank you again for all your expertise here today. Hey, my pleasure, Sean. Anytime, buddy. Our big thanks here today to Brian Baldinger. Certainly a huge help for us in getting us ready for the NFL draft. I hope that you found it very informative and entertaining as well. Big week ahead. Obviously more draft preparation and on the basketball side. We have a big announcement that we anticipate happening any day here in the early portion of the week. Daniel Salerson will be your host on Wednesday's Black and Blue Report with more on that situation. Hope you have a great rest of your Monday or any day of this week that you're picking up our podcast, and we certainly appreciate you. I'm Sean Kelly. Until next time, so long for just a while.